Hey everybody, it's Pastor Tom, and I am here again with our friends Jeff and Ning Mix, and of course Tammy, uh, my wife, is here. And we are continuing our discussion on relationships. And tonight we are talking about Jeff and Ning and how they came together and just how all of that transpired. We've talked already about their previous marriages, relationships, and how all that went, but I wanted to have them share about their marriage, how they came together, and maybe some of the challenges and difficulties you have faced, Mm -hmm. and specifically how what you went through is changing the whole dynamic of your marriage together. Mm -hmm. So we'll just... This is all unscripted. (laughs) All of this has pretty much been unscripted, except for, thank God, uh, Jeff and Ning have beautiful notes, which we are going to be sharing with all of our folks on the Cornerstone Alive website. So where where do you want to start? I mean, maybe start with your meeting or how you met and why you were looking to meet someone, that kind of thing. Uh, Yeah, I'd I'd like to respond to that. However, it's going to take me a minute or two to get to that point where we met. So let me just stop you for a second, because (laughs) if we want people to listen to this, okay, Mm -hmm. this podcast, and there might be people, well, why do I care about Jeff and Ning Mix and their story and what has happened to them? I personally think it's relevant especially for folks that have gone through similar issues to what you both went through individually in your previous marriages mm-hmm. that they, and we talked about this in the, the YouTube video, so people can go back and watch that video if they haven't seen that yet. But we talk specifically about your individual situations and what happened in your situations so that you uh, today, here you are today, and there might be some things that perk up in our listeners that mm-hmm. say, wow, I'm going through the same thing that Jeff is, what went through. Mm-hmm. I'm going through the same thing that Ning went through. I need their help. I need to listen to what they say. And now here they are in this new relationship. And how, how did that work? So I, I think it's po- important that yeah. people hear uh, what you all have to say to us. So tell us about how you met and okay. whatever you're going to talk right. about. All there. right, great. Um, and what I want to point to is uh, literally the to the glory of God. I mean, um, we, we have the privilege today to, to give our testimony. And our mm-hmm. testimony of what? Uh, I will say God's divine intervention in our lives. Right. And so in that vein, you know, again, to give glory to God, I, I do feel it's appropriate to share this. And it's, you know, the thing that strikes me as I share some of this is it's not natural, it's supernatural. And, you know, that's the domain that God lives in, even though he comes alongside of us in our natural uh, existence. So by that, what, what I want to share a little bit and explain is that, uh, you know, very short to condense uh, in, in one or two sentences. I mean, my testimony was 10 years of severe marital strife, and, and that's the best way to describe that. And then we separated. So that was a 
10 years later, that was the culmination of that strife. We separated. Now, to God be the glory, but 16 months later, when we went after God individually and then mostly individually, I'm going to say, like we'd never gone after him before, even though after 30 years of marriage or some odd at that point, you know, we'd had a lot of mountaintop experiences. But of course, we had a lot of uh, opportunities to walk through the valley of the shadow of death as well. So we kind of ran the gamut, if you will. And you know, so that in and of itself is compelling in terms of walking with the Lord and how he leads and how we follow. So that is a backdrop. What I want to say is that uh, 16 months later, we reconciled, and that was 2008. Seven years later, my wife suddenly went to be with the Lord, and totally unexpected. And I want to share a little bit about that as, as we move toward that. But about three years before her passing, this is after our reconciliation, um, I remember this is one of those little common experiences around the house. And yet my wife and I, we reconciled, but I would say our, our day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year existence was a lot of ups and downs, ups and downs. However, if you, and this is the way I liken it, if you kind of look at the, the trajectory of those up and downs, they were, they were more up than down. So it was trend, trending toward up, but we had some real down times. But, you know, we hung in there and still had some uh, difficult times. Um, but about three years before she went home to be with the Lord. I remember one day, um, the, ho- the house we lived in back in Maryland is a farmhouse. And with our 10 children, and you know, you can imagine a family of 12. And then if we had house guests or family, other family members staying with us, a lot of people. That mudroom was the place that we would house our shoes. Like in any typical farm, you come in and you boots or feet or whatever, all muddy, bunch of children, although they weren't all living with us in those days. It was our youngest five uh, from 2008 until our home going were living with us. Um, but nevertheless, a lot of shoes and around the backyard, back room. And I would say to what I remember saying to my wife one day, man, I can't find my other shoe and I have no idea where it is. My wife would come trotting out from the kitchen and in her characteristic fashion, she would say, look, I've looked all over the place for my other shoe, but she'd walk right, oh, there it is. And she'd find it and hand it to me. And I remember, well, this is an opportunity, if you will, to just say something encouraging to her, to edify her. Uh, And I would say, you know, I don't know what I'd do without you. And this is what she said. Her, this is a quote virtually. She said, you know, someday you're going to meet a fine Christian woman and she'll take good care of you. This is about three years before her passing. I thought, oh, why are you even talking like that? You know, and I'd say, yeah, I kind of just kind of brush that comment off. Well, literally about three weeks before her home going, same situation. I'm in the back room looking for a shoe or my jacket or something or other. Couldn't find it. And I just utter something about me and I can't find this. And she came trotting out from the kitchen, went right over to where it was and probably in plain sight, which is pretty typical for me. But, and she would hand it to me. And, and again, I just natural utterance and natural opportunity to say something like, you know, I just don't know what I'd do without you. And again, this is like three years later, but she said something almost identical. She said, oh, you'll do just fine. You're going to find a good Christian woman and she'll take good care of you. It was about three weeks before her passing. Mm. So let's let's fast forward to the, to the day that she went home. And this is all, the reason I'm sharing this is that, you know, again, to God be the glory. But I think when we seek to do things God's ways, we repent, mm-hmm. we turn around, we turn back, and we start pressing into the Lord, then he does some amazing things. He, he shows, and I, I, this is not the right phrase, but he reveals himself in ways that you wouldn't typically expect. And, and they're supernatural. So the day of her home going, uh, we, have a, we had a little, and we still do, uh, have a little mom and pop landscaping business. And primarily it's a 
flower bed uh, garden design or maintenance and a little bit of design work. And my, my late wife, who had a ninth grade education, I mean, she dropped out of high school at the end of uh, nine years. And she, uh, in terms of academic accomplishment, she didn't really get too far in, in what she, other than homeschooling, which was uh, some area that she took a lot of involvement in and she learned a lot homeschooling our children but so she got certified as a master gardener that was a big deal in her world you know and uh, to get a, a master gardener certification through the university of maryland extension service so um so uh, the day of her home going literally she wakes up at 3 25 a.m we had the alarm set for 3 30 because we'd like to get a good early start this is july 1st 2015 get out there before the sun gets too hot uh, we both woke up about 3 25 and i said to her Big day today. Those are the first words out of my mouth. Big day today. And she looked at me and said, huh, what? And, I, and the reason I said that was because normally when she would wake up at 325, she would ask me, where are we going today? Who are we working for? What are we doing? And at 325 in the morning, my eyes first open. I'm not really <laughs> feeling like talking about that, if you know what I mean. You know. But that day, I thought, you know, I'm going to preempt her. I'm going to get out in front of her. I'm going to say, big day today. And she said, what are you, what are you talking about? And I said, well, today is the day we're going to knock off early. My son, Jeff, who had just met a, a nice Christian woman, whom he's now married to, and that was in the very early days. And and we actually had lunch with her two weeks before my wife's home going. But that day, we were going to knock off early, come home, and, and uh, my uh, Jeff's girlfriend at that time, Abby, was going to meet some of Jeff's brothers, and we're going to have lunch together. So what I meant was, big day today, we're going to quit early, and we're going to have, you know, we got some R&R &R we can look forward to this afternoon. And so she said, oh, okay, big day today. And then I went my way, she went her way. And those are the last words we spoke to each other. Mm -hmm. And when I did see her, when it was time to go to work, I mean, I went looking for her and she had collapsed and she was gone. But, you know, um, we did the, the CPR in the whole nine years. But I just had this realization right there. I knew where she was. Her, her body was here, but I knew where she was. And mm -hmm. I was happy for her. She always looked forward to going to heaven. And, uh, you know, she had no qualms about looking forward to that day. So it was... <laughs> A crazy time, of course, but very mixed emotions. But that I can't get over that big day today. So I'm looking, you know, here's this progression. Three years prior, three weeks prior, her big day home going, which was a big day. And then uh, six months later, my daughter asked me, and we're getting to this uh, about, about how Ning and I came to meet. About six months into my grieving period, which turned out to be the biggest mountain I'd ever had to climb in my life, in terms of dealing and coping with that kind of trauma, um, she was my work partner. I mean, the day she went home to be with the Lord, one week later, I was back out there on my knees in somebody's flower bed resuming a job that she and I had worked on just prior to her home going. And um, it, it was kind of crazy. I won't go into the details, but um, it, it, was, uh, it was hard to get back into the swing of things without her. And we had a difficult customer we were working with that day. And it was just like bizarre. Well, uh, let me just say, yeah. it just seems that was... Uh, and we don't even, we haven't heard yet. We don't even know how you yeah. both came together. But that was like a prophetic thing mm -hmm. that she said twice. Twice. Mm -hmm. Out of her mouth. And who knows why she uh. said it or what what caused her to say right. it. But maybe, maybe she knew something wasn't right in mm. her own body that was foreboding to her. They say that people have that premonition or those things that they realize I don't feel right something's wrong and you know that she said that but I think that's 
pretty interesting. And then you said that day, but not thinking that that was going to be what was going to be the big day, the passing of your wife, but that it was the, you know, meeting with your son and his fiance. So what, what an amazing thing. Well, and and so that's why I feel obligated really to testify to God's glory, to share these things. Because in my looking at things there's a progression here there are dots if you will data points to be connected that that define a trajectory that trajectory is up and up it's just going into the positive it's heaven bound it's heaven looking forward looking it's all those things so six months into the grieving period my oldest daughter asked me dad do you ever think about getting married again and i looked at her and i was like it kind of shocked me it's like somebody threw a glass of cold water in my face what huh what are you talking about <laughs> it just stunned me It wasn't within my framework of thinking. I was still very deeply coping and learning what it is to grieve. And that in and of itself, I I learned a lot through that process. Uh, It's very interesting. Um, Some of the things I was reading, some of the things I was compelled to read, read a lot about heaven. And that's that's so, I've got a whole different perspective on heaven now ever since my wife's, I know she's there. And I know between Mm -hmm. me and her is the Lord Jesus Christ, if you will. Um, and so it's really, that's a whole other story about living for heaven is how you live today. Mm-hmm. And that's going to govern the decisions you make and the, and the actions you take and just your conduct in general. When you're heaven-minded, if you will. So six months into it, I just couldn't hit, you know, it didn't dawn on me the thought about getting married again. Well, literally 12 months later, if you've ever, you know, I've, uh, this, this woman who had been widowed for some time said, well, now, Jeff, you're going to go through your year of firsts. And I thought, huh, what's that? What are you talking about, your year of firsts? The first Christmas without her, the first Thanksgiving, the first birthday, the first anniversary, all those things where you're going to need to you know, go through that year of firsts. Mm-hmm. And uh, one year into it, I got fast July 1st, and it's almost, that was her homegoing day, it was almost like turning a corner. Uh, just amazing. And I went to a meeting and that's when I was volunteered for about a year shortly thereafter her home going, uh, in recovery ministries. And I was at a, one of these dinners actually, and a gentleman came up to me older than me. So he's in his seventies and I just met the guy and he starts telling me about one of the best things he ever did was how he got remarried after losing his wife of, of a 50 year marriage, whatever it was. And I thought, that's funny. Why are you even talking to me about this? Mm-hmm. But it, you know, that was the month that things started to turn a corner. At that point, I felt like, I literally felt like I was being pushed forward to seek after another wife. And the reason, if I had to articulate this as I'm trying to do now, the one reason is because this, I was so enamored, is that the right word, uh, in the awe, in the awe of a covenant relationship. I felt like our 35 years together with all the ups and downs that we had, the end result was no bitterness, no no regrets. I just couldn't get enough of a covenant relationship. And so I sought, I desired another one. It was like the Lord was pushing me. That was in July. And six months later, this gal who was living in California reaches out to me <laughs> and makes initial contact. And maybe that's a good place to turn it over yeah. to me. Yes, um, somewhat of a similar story on my part, although uh, a longer time frame. So uh, after my husband went to be with the Lord the first year, 
I didn't actually, I didn't realize that I wasn't truly grieving. I was kind of in a state of suspended animation, if you will. I was frozen, emotionally frozen. And I didn't know it. You know, I thought, oh, I'm handling this widowhood thing kind of okay. It doesn't seem to be bad. What I didn't know was I had not even started grieving at all. Mm. I was just sort of shell-shocked and I was just kind of going through life and hadn't really processed it yet mm -hmm. and i had done this little thing that's my kind of romantic idealistic whatever background um i was playing the white widow so instead of being all in black you know back in the days in england or the olden times how the widows would wear black for a year mm -hmm. in honor of their you know dear departed spouse so i said well i don't want to wear black and we know where he is so we're not uh, we are grieving his loss here on earth, but we're happy because we know he's with the Lord. So I thought, well, I'm going to wear white. And so I had this thing about total white. Everything was white. My shoes, my purse, anything and everything was white, right? I didn't realize it at the time. That was kind of like a coping mechanism, you know, to kind of be playing this role, having the white widow card and... Um, that whole entire year, I really did not yet start the grieving process. And so um, the day after when I thought, well, okay, that was the year. So now I can put on colors again. And then I even kind of thought, well, should I do this gradual? Do, do I do the whole half morning thing? And then somehow it just dawned on me, like, what am I doing? Am I really like you know, where am I? Am I in this kind of imaginary world? Am I stepping into the novels that I used to read and all that? What am I doing? And then I just kind of crashed after that. And that's when it actually sank in that he's gone. He's not here. And then it just became a real struggle. And the Lord kind of led me through what I would call my own personal wilderness journey. He needed to do some work in my heart, in my attitudes, and, you know, my perspective. And part of that need was that I had to realize that I had been kind of depending on a lot of rubber crutches, like a lot of things that I thought I knew about myself, about my life, about who I was, who I was even as a Christian were actually all fake and I didn't even know it. And so he basically removed everything from my life that I was familiar with, you know, like a long-standing marriage and, and just it got to a point where I thought I'd lost everything and I had to come face to face like, hey, if I don't have all these other things that I thought was what my life was all about, where am I? And do I still believe in God at that point? The good thing was I never turned away from God. He was the one kind of constant solid that I could hold on to. And I was like, Lord, I don't understand anything. I don't even know how to have faith. I don't even know how to pray. But I know one thing, you're real. But if I'm useless in this life, if I'm not functioning, why am I still here? You know, I never thought of getting to a point of being suicidal or anything like that. But just that questioning. It's like, Lord, what's the point of my life? You know, why am I wasting oxygen <laughs> that somebody right, else could right. have if I'm not really being functional? Right. Yeah, so I kind of went through a pretty dark period. Mm -hmm. And um, not that I would recommend it for anyone or that I am 
you know, happy about going through that. But I know now I needed to go through it. It was, like I said, kind of like a personal wilderness journey, which um, was like a refining so that all the things that weren't really true, authentic in my life, you know, kind of had to be revealed to me so that I could just focus on what is real. You know, God is real. I'm rock solid on that. If, if I have questions about the rest of my life, I need to get back to where it's just God and he'll get me through that. So um, basically, I just had to go through this period to really realize, you know, what is the core thing that is the importance and that is knowing that God is real no matter what. Right? And as I started coming out of the dark place, um, I had gone on a, a vacation that my daughter arranged, my children arranged for me, and to finally meet up with my mother in Europe again, whom I hadn't seen in a long time. And my mom did ask me, she said, like, well, you know, aren't you going to start seeing some man? You know, what, what do you think of having a boyfriend or whatever? Mm. I said, well, I know that will come someday, but I'm not really ready. And this was um, probably like, two years after and so on and I just didn't even think about it and uh, so at the end of kind of starting to get back to like a more normal pace of life and starting to uh, get out uh, because for a while I isolated from everybody because nobody was Noel my late husband and I just didn't want to talk with anyone because nobody was he you know it was like it felt empty somehow but as I finally got over that and you know moved forward along the the grieving process as the lord kind of brought me through it um it felt like the holy spirit was nudging me like hey you know it's time to reach out and i just thought like well i don't know i don't know if i'm ready or whatever and how do i do this and then it was like well try something different and i was like is this from the Holy Spirit or, or is this like, I don't know, and whatever. So it's just, you know, God will lead you in ways that are surprising. Don't ever put God in a box. There's no one way that he will work with everyone. Each situation is different. The one thing that, you know, whenever you think you're hearing from God or the Holy Spirit, you do have to be very, very careful. Make sure it totally aligns with the scripture because God will never, ever contradict himself. Amen. Amen. That's good. And so he just kind of like nudged me along to, to try to reach out and make contact. And at first I just thought, well, you know, I just want to see about making some friends that are outside of my usual like small circle and sometimes it's easier with strangers I guess to kind of like strike up a conversation even if it's online rather than you know people that know you sometimes that feels more awkward and so I thought that and then um, it was okay but not really something major um, and then I thought eh, you know this is not really working like let's forget this and I tried to just get back to a normal life and then I felt like a really very strong push no you know you gotta reach out and I was like this can't be for that from the Holy Spirit like why would God even be telling me to be dating or whatever like you know this is not this is too weird but it just felt like this strong nudging or urging and like I said one has to be careful that it's not just 
feelings, you have to pray about mm-hmm. it and be sure that you have peace and that it isn't contradicting the Bible in any way. And so as Jeff mentioned, I was the one who actually reached out to him and I was really weird. I wasn't even thinking at that point of marriage. I was just kind of testing the waters, if you so will. So was this a like a dating service? It was actually a Christian oh, okay. um, online dating yes. service. Okay. Yes. So, so I wanted to be sure that it was Christian, right. not... <laughs> Wait, do you want to say things. something? I was just going to say, everybody was probably waiting, waiting. How did how did this happen? <laughs> was this an online dating right. service? What was so, it? So, you know, as Ning said, uh, you know, don't ever try to put God in a box or anything like that. Um, from my one-year point, feeling like I was pushed forward, I felt like I needed to almost like run as fast as I could to keep up to that push. And by that I meant, you know, I literally I was praying about this, you know, wanting to meet a good Christian woman, wanting to meet a good Christian widow woman was was the criteria that the Lord so put on So you put my that hair. in the criteria of the dating service. Right. right? And, and this is what's funny. I have to a me, question for you when you get. <laughs> okay. No, keep going. Well, keep going. you know, <laughs> Ning and I'll say I'm old school. Ning's not as old school as I am. But, you know, we kind of come from that era, if you will, that generation. And, and I felt, I was asking the Lord, you know, how do I do this? I don't want to go the conventional routes. I just wanted to, you know, so technology came to mind. <laughs> how do you find a pool of qualified women, if you will, life partners? Well, hey, you know, online, right? In a Christian dating service. And I'm, it, what's ironic and funny about this is one time, I remember years prior to that, one of my sons came to me and said, yeah, I was talking to this gal and blah, blah, blah. And I said, really? Well, how'd you meet her? And he says, oh, I met her online. And my reaction was, you don't meet people online. <laughs> what are you talking about? The way you meet people yeah. is you look them in the eye and you reach your hand out and you right. shake their hand. That's how you meet people. Right. So yeah. here I am turning to an online service to, to uh, have access to this pool, if you will. And from July to the time that Ning responded to my profile thing, six months later, I was actually it sounds crazy, but, you know, almost like interviewing potential life partners here and there. Just two or three is what it turns I was going to, my question is, how many duds did you go through <laughs> before right. you finally, I mean, how exactly. many did it, I'm really curious about this okay. question. How many did it take? Yeah, I actually went up, drove up to Pennsylvania, spent a day with a gal, and it's like interviewing her. I mean, for lack of a better <laughs> term, that's, you know. Speed dating. We spent a day together, <laughs> and I had my kind of criteria, and she had hers, you know, and. At the end of the day, I was literally driving back to Maryland. I thought, you know, I guess, golly, it's kind of, I don't know. And Lord, what should I do? And I kind of got the impression, okay, give it one more shot. Well, she had emailed me and, and said, nah, let's not even give it another shot. Great. So anyway, so uh, th- uh, three, three duds for me. But the last one was like in the middle of December. Again, Ning reached out to me on December 30th mm-hmm. of 2016. And... Uh, and this gal in the in the, was in Colorado that I was communicating with, and uh, and you know we had several back and forths, and you know trying to press in a little bit, a long distance relationship online. How's that supposed to work? Are you kidding? <laughs> but she she was a Christian woman. She said, you know, I don't think it's you and I, but I know that God has a, a good woman out there for you, and wow. and it's not me, but you know don't give don't lose hope, don't give up. But just know that God has a good woman out there for you. What an what an awesome <laughs> encouragement, and a third witness to your wife. There your, you go, your deceased wife's two witnesses. And two weeks later, she reaches wow. out to me, and that's Praise the irony of it too. I didn't reach out to her. I'm just home one day, <laughs> my, my my dinger goes off, and I got an email from somebody in three thousand miles away. So what? How many duds? How many duds <laughs> did you go through, uh, well, Ning? 
Not really. Like I prior to um, kind of on a more ongoing basis communicating with Jeff, I had just had sort of like friendly um, communications, and there was maybe one like like my first foray that um, we got to a point where we actually went off of the site, which of course they don't recommend you do, right? Like you should always just communicate within the site for your safety and protection. And we did just have a few messages that we exchanged off of the site and then that just didn't pan out. And at first I thought, yeah, this this is not the way to go. And I said like, oh, forget it. So for quite a while, I wasn't even online. And until it was, it felt, I felt like, the Holy Spirit was challenging me just, you know, one more time because you weren't ready. And um, so I'd say maybe one sort of dud in the sense that um, it never really came to be. Um, I had maybe two or three ongoing conversations, but those were never ever, those were just like strictly on a friendly terms, mm -hmm. kind of like just, you know, like, a little bit teasing back and forth uh, or just like how are you and just kind of companionly it was very very platonic mm -hmm. at that time and when I actually um, this was a new it was a second site that I had tried um, where I actually got in contact with Jeff and I my thought at that point was just test the waters like Maybe, maybe some years down the line, there might be someone that the Lord would um, um, bring to my attention. But what really changed was um, my frame of reference, my paradigm. Because prior to that, I'd always been thinking, who is the right man for me? Somewhere out there, Lord, there has to be kind of like, you know, my soulmate or whatever. Like, Lord, you know, like this time around, I don't want to, you know, I want it to be like, who's your will for me? And I thought that it's a particular specific person that God had designated as his will for me. And I was so afraid of making the mistake of developing a relationship with someone who's not God's will for me, right? Mm -hmm. And um, right about the time that we first started communications, I started reading some articles and there were some Christian authors who were saying, you know, it's not necessarily that there's one particular specific person that's God's will for you. Although, you know, God does arrange that. God brings people together. But whoever it is that you end up in a relationship with, even if you might have started it on wrong terms outside of God's will, but the moment you make that covenant commitment to each other, that spouse or that person that you're in a committed relationship with that's going to be god's will for you because god honors marriage Absolutely. god you know if you quote unquote made a mistake you, know, you think you made a mistake but once you are in that committed covenant god blessed relationship then that's god's will for you and so anyhow um he also started god also started working on my heart was, he was kind of like hey you're looking at it all from your perspective but Maybe it shouldn't be all about you. Maybe it's more about that person. And so when I changed my prayer to saying, okay, Lord, somewhere out there is a man who, for whom I, with all my failings and all my shortcomings and all my deficiencies, still the way you created me, I'm the best 
companion for him or I'm the best helpmeet for him. So I don't know who that person is, but if I'm meant to be the person that will help him along life, then I don't know how to meet him and I don't know how we'll get together. But Lord, this is now in your province. I leave it in your hands. But that was the most significant thing that changed. I wasn't thinking now anymore about, oh, I want to make sure it's the right person for me. You know, who's the right man for me? And with all the criteria and all, I changed it to, Lord, somewhere out there, the way I am right now, my mess ups, my hang ups, everything that I am, still, whoever it, uh, um, that I, I still would be the best help meet a suitable help meet for that man then lord you know like you bring it about mm -hmm. and kind of as soon as i had prayed that way and my heart had changed to that perspective boom 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 things just kind of fell in place and it's really <laughs> my relationship with jeff just developed <clears throat> at god's speed yeah uh, on, on that note just to try to keep uh highlighting our development and our relationship. So she reached out to me on December 30th, and uh, it was just a, a, a woman. I don't, even, I don't think her name was on there. I don't remember your name even being on there per se. Um, but I thought, okay, uh, she went, where, so it was California, and then, but their only identification was Solano County, California. So I thought, oh, okay, I bet that's down down south, uh, San, San Diego or somewhere down there probably. But and the reason I was wondering is because I had already booked a flight to Sacramento, California about two or three months prior to that. Mm -hmm. And the reason being, I was going out to visit my one of my sister-in-law, one of my, my wife, my late wife had, she was 12 girls, three boys in her family. So she had 11 sisters. And one of those that were fairly, she was fairly close to lived in Sacramento. And, uh, and her birthday was one day after my wife's, my late wife's birthday. Her birthday was on January 21st. So uh, they, we were close and my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law and they, and, uh, you know, I kind of proposed because we, we wanted to get together. Hey, how about if I come out for Hope's birthday on January 21st and my late wife's birthday is January 20th. So we kind of have a, you know, an ob a celebration of sorts together. And, uh, so Solano County, as it turns out, is like an hour from Sacramento. And I thought, okay, Lord, this is getting pretty interesting. Um, first question is, how do you maintain a long-distance relationship 3,000 miles away? But, hey, I'm going to be going out there. I'll get to meet her, you know, and, you know, that'll be a significant step. And are we just going to be friends or is it going to be more than that perhaps? So it, it, just to highlight that, then I flew out there. I was out there for seven days, I think it was. I spent four days with Ning and three or four days with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And uh, you want to talk about how it went all those four days, or I can share real quick. Um, you know, the first time we met, this is, it's really amazing. That, you know, the things that Ning had prepared, she actually got a picture of my late wife. I got to share this. It's, it's just not natural. But <laughs> <laughs> she got a picture of my late wife on, from online somehow uh, on our from website. The, web, the business website. And Ning, I opened the door, or no, knock on the door, she opens the door. And we had talked on the phone, though. We had some amazing conversations. It felt like I knew her. I knew so. She shared with me. The, the first time online, she shared stuff with me that she had no idea why she shared it. It really wasn't something she wanted to share with a stranger. You know, kind of intimate history, personal stuff of sorts. Um, and so we got to, we talked a lot in those ensuing couple of weeks before I flew out there. And when I saw her, it, you know, we, it's like we'd known each other all our lives virtually when we first saw each other. So she invites me into the house 
And she puts a picture of my, she says, sit down. She hands me a box of tissues and she turns on the big old flat screen TV and up comes a picture of my wife, and my late wife. And she had a happy birthday, Claire, mm -hmm. on there. And she had a beautiful poem about how she was so thankful that she that Claire was going to share her husband with her, and something about favorite colors or something mm -hmm. or other, and uh, it was just beautiful. And of course, mm -hmm. I melted like a pat of butter right there <laughs> <laughs> on the sofa. Yeah. But that's when that was, was that was the first five minutes of our yeah. existence, mm -hmm. and it was just beautiful. That's we awesome. went for a walk, and we just talked about everything. Um, four days, my fourth day, my last day there we went and met with her pastor and we spent about four hours with him mm -hmm. and uh, we didn't intend to spend that long but we had a wonderful conversation and we had, he was a really wonderful man and uh it was just unbelievable I, I say unbelievable but no it's true so it is it's not unbelievable it's it's credible it's a god story uh pastor alex said at the end of this time he said uh you know what i got a feeling that you need to hold on because i think this thing this relationship is going to go at god's speed and that was um, middle of January, and she flew to Maryland in, on Valentine's Day, Jan yeah, February 14th. <laughs> wow. That's pretty amazing. It, uh, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, is, I, I'm, I'm assuming you made up lists of things that you wanted out of, and we don't have to go into that, but I'm assuming. How, how long have you been married now? Four? Four and a half. Well, we just celebrated our fourth anniversary uh, yeah. June. Yeah. yeah. Four years. First, four years. So I'm assuming that you feel like this has been the right decision. Mm -hmm. Has there been Very some rough times? So. There's been some challenges. <laughs> well, in, 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 you can talk about some of those if you want. I just well, want to say real quick, one of the first things I did, Tom, you and I are similar in a lot of ways, I think. <laughs> yeah. Kind of our worldview, if you will, yeah, and our outlook yeah. on... Uh -huh institutional life if you will <laughs> yeah. and uh, i i sent ning a video we don't have to get into the details necessarily but i sent her some stuff that i have passion over and had to take right. heart in and <laughs> one of them was a video a presentation that i made and so do you want you know do you had she had to cope with that she had to deal with so some it's actually right um really interesting and one for me personally was one of the signs that this was really god um leading this um so of course the that video that he sent me my focus was well i want to you know i want to see <laughs> what it looks like you know it's just being honest just keeping it real um when he and i had first talked like we started you know after communicating through the online service and then we exchanged numbers so we were just gonna text we just kept texting and texting and texting and then finally he says well I call you and I'm like you know like kind of like oh you know what's this gonna be like this is either make or break right because mm -hmm. texting is different just emailing or whatever online messaging that's different but you know call is kind of like really a step forward and I first hear his voice it was just like oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then of awesome. course the next step would be like well I want to see what he yeah. looks like and so on that yeah. video, I was kind of more focused on, ooh, oh, okay, that's him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I kept watching it, kept watching it, um, both for hearing his voice and also for seeing him again. Um, but then I started actually listening to what it was about. And it was 
very different um, from what I was kind of used to. And so I, I was like, okay, Lord, you know, like, hmm, you know, what does this mean? So are we compatible or not or whatever? And at each step of the way of our developing relationship, whenever I had some questions or so on, because I was kind of challenged by some of the things that were new to me, God gave me peace about it. So, um, like I said, when the listeners out there, you know, you hear us saying that this happened or we kind of moved quickly, that doesn't mean that that's the right way for everyone. Mm -hmm. You you have to be very careful and each situation is different. But I think the key thing is that both he and I were always praying about our relationship at every point in the way. We weren't just relying on our own senses or, you know, on a Mm -hmm. human level. Um, Yes, of course, we were acting on a human level communicating with each other but we kept praying and praying and asking the Lord's guidance and I remember thinking like Lord you know if this is not what you want for my life help me because I can't tell if I mean to me it seems like you are the one that's bringing us together so if this isn't and if I'm kind of like you know being misguided then stop me you know mm-hmm. intervene and show me that this right. is wrong so you know at every step along the way like we always both of us always um sought the lord's guidance in fact i have a song i don't know if you remember that i wrote a song just kind of like lord don't let me run ahead of you you know mm-hmm. like let me trust you let me seek your will but don't let me run ahead of you mm-hmm. you know by kind of being excited and mm-hmm. because this is all new so i didn't want to rely on just feelings i wanted it to be making sure always that um, we were in line with God's will. And uh, that's why, as Jeff mentioned, one of the key things, one of the first things was, uh, aside from letting our family, respective families know, and in fact, he met with my oldest son during that fir- his first trip to California, was that we made sure to have an appointment with our pastor. So we did mm-hmm. want to have that spiritual mm-hmm. blessing from... Um, even though I'm already an adult woman, you know, like I had been married before and I was now a widow, um, the world would think that, oh, I'm capable of making my own decisions. But um, in lieu of uh, not still being in my father's household, I kind of considered myself under the spiritual headship of my pastor. And in that sense, you know, Jeff met with my pastor and he, our pastor actually, when we, you know, came to the table where we were going to meet, he said, you know what? You don't have to say anything. I know why you're here. Mm-hmm. And he said, the Lord kind of has told me about it. And uh, so we talked and we talked. And at the end, you know, he kind of gave us his blessing. Praise the Lord. You know, I, I think I want to say something about what you just said. It's so easy for couples to uh, get, enamored with the exterior Mm -hmm. and rush headlong into that relationship and make a bad decision Mm -hmm. based solely on looks or various things that that can be disastrous down the road well i have a specific question and we probably need to wrap this up but i'm interested and there may be nothing to this but Culturally, how long did you live in the Philippines? Oh, pretty much most of my adult right. life. Yeah. So would you say that there are any cultural differentiations 
in the way husbands and wives interact versus the way husbands and wives interact in America versus the Philippines. Right. I mean, what I'm, I'm curious about that. And, and really the same for you too, Jeff, because, I mean, is there anything to that? If there isn't, then we'll just finish this up. But I'm just curious uh, what there might be from a cultural perspective that you both were like, you, you know, maybe you Ning would be like, well, that's weird, you know, mm-hmm. or you would be like, why, why, why does she do that? You know, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, is there anything like that? Yeah, there definitely are uh, cultural challenges or, you know, there still are, there were, and there still are in, in one sense. Um, now I'm not typical just because I'm not, if you will, a hundred percent Filipina. I mean, mm-hmm. I pretty much identify as being a Filipina, mm-hmm. but my mother is Austrian. My dad oh, is that's Filipino right. That's right. and I was born in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I kind of grew up in a very, very multicultural um, right. background. But um, just in terms of, um, uh, how do I say it? Like relationships and my ideas of, you know, husband and wife interactions, it definitely is more heavily influenced by a Filipino way. Mm-hmm. And um, just a little kind of uh, small anecdote from our early years, which sort of highlights this cultural difference. So I was trying to be this very nice, sweet wife. And with I would, Jeff. With Jeff. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I wanted to kind of get this new marriage. I was going to do everything right. I didn't want to mess up, you know, my second marriage. Like this was a second chance. So I was trying to be this very sweet wife. So um, whenever he would go off to work where I was not going along with him you know I'd try to kind of pack him some stuff to bring along and then I would kind of feel that I had to walk with him all the way to the car and kiss him goodbye and be all sweet nice and wifey and then so this went on for a few you know for a few times and then he actually had to kind of calmly say to me you know he picked the right timing he said actually um that kind of makes it really difficult for me because I'm usually running late or just, you know, pressed for time (laughs) and I have to focus and I'm trying to remember, you know, to not forget all the things that I need to bring with me. And so now I'm distracted. And at first that kind of like, you know, like hit me like, I'm I'm trying to be all this, you know, like the perfect (laughs) wife for you. And it's not working. But then I stopped and I thought, you know what? This has to be about what works for him. And it's not about trying to be, you know, the Stepford wife or Hollywood or whatever. It is what will work for him and I. Like we are our own unique individual personalities. Mm -hmm. And as a couple, we're our own unique, you know, couple way or whatever. And so I realized, well, you know, so we need to let we need to communicate and let each other know what works for us how should we show each other that we care and love in a way that will be accepted and actually work and not be counterproductive and not take offense and not take at that so just briefly respond to your question too it's a good question um culturally i I don't really feel much sense of cultural disconnect or or, uh, you know differences differences um Ning and I, I mean, as I'm thinking about your question, I'm thinking about, you know, that's, you know how's that work? And, I, and I'd have to say, hopefully I didn't create it. No, <laughs> oh, no. no, you didn't. But, you know, that's the criteria. You know, first and foremost, this woman of the new next covenant relationship would have to be a Christian. 
that was my criteria. I believe that was from the Lord. And, uh, you know, that's the, that's the common ground. You know, we, mm. she's not only, you know, my spouse, but she's a wonderful friend. She's a wonderful sister in the Lord. She's a lot of fun. I, I, I'm always smiling at her, and she looks at me a lot of time. I, I don't think she figures out why I'm smiling at her, but <laughs> because uh, just pleasing to mm-hmm. me. And uh, that common ground, I mean, we have some wonderful uh, theological, spiritual questions, discussions. Mm-hmm. We both like to talk. And we have spent hours, and I'm not kidding, like four hours. And, yeah. You know, I'm, I have a flexible schedule having my own business, and uh, I can I can sit for four hours and talk, and we have, we have no shortage of conversation over those that length of time. But we're getting to know each other. Yes, adjustments, of course. There's always going to be adjustments, just like Ning articulated that one. But um, I, I think we both feel very, very blessed, very privileged to having come through two long, challenging, difficult marriages, um, as any marriage will have their challenges and difficulties. But again, we've learned so much, and now we have kind of like a clean slate mm-hmm. to to uh, apply the lessons learned. And um, we talk a lot about, yeah, we need to be a little more intentional here, a little more deliberate there. We need to work on our marriage. We're constantly aware of that. And like any marriage, you know, it, it doesn't come real easily because time and life gets in the way, if mm-hmm. you will. And right. Marriage is a, <clears throat> a re- relationships and especially marriage are living organisms mm-hmm. and they require care right. and feeding and grooming and taking care. I mean, I think we could sit here all <laughs> day and talk to you too. I love, I'm just sitting here listening I can, i'm just like okay tell me more tell me more and, and i i really think our listeners are going to absolutely love uh just hearing about your marriage and i really think that this is going to create more conversations with folks at church and just others that will hear this it's just amazing what god is doing in this ministry at cornerstone Alive. um tammy you have not said much at all tonight are you awake i'm awake yes <laughs> i'm listening yeah um we're going to close this out, but I'll, I'm going to yeah. give you the last few words. <laughs> so the comment that Ning was making about, you know, getting him out the door and getting him snacks and lunch and all of that. Um, I have someone that does that for me, and I absolutely I do love that. it. <laughs> I do that. Usually she's looking for keys. Or I'm like, you need to leave now. <laughs> you really need to get in the car and go because I have to get ready to start my day. But I try to get her in the car, the make sure she has is all ready, her stuff. The coffee's ready. The snacks are ready. The, yeah. yeah. I take care of her. That's awesome. That is. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> because I, and the, I'm, it's probably selfishly motivated because I, I have to eat breakfast. I have to eat a good, decent breakfast of some sort. And I'm so not a morning person. She's not. A morning person. Helps Adjustments. me get out the door. Yes. <laughs> well, we are so excited about this whole entire series that we are doing with you, uh, Jeff and Ning and Tammy. And it's just been, it's it's beautiful. It's an awesome, awesome thing. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be very blessed to hear your story and to hear the scriptural insights that you keep sharing with us. There's so many nuggets in this series, and I'm excited about it. But before we go, Tammy, would you pray? And we'll finish up in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time together, time spent um, learning how 
you bring people together and how you lead and guide and direct people. And Father, I just pray that everyone listening who is in a situation where they are looking for someone or um, desiring a relationship, that you would be that guide for them, that you would lead and direct them to the person, the right way, the right person, and that um, that I just pray that they would be listening to the Holy Spirit and being yes. led and guided in the path that they need to take. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise amen. the Lord. Well, God bless you. We're, we're, we're really excited to have Jeff and Ning with us. And we just pray that you have an awesome week and that the Lord bless you. God bless you. And we look forward to hearing from you again. <laughs>